All right. So no on the zoo. Yes on the music and the hiking. What about something that you haven't done, like a thing that you haven't done that you've been dying to do? Can I cheat and say more than one thing? Yeah, of course. You know that we don't hold anyone to any rules here on this podcast. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 275. Because the Earth bulges at the equator, Mount Chimborazo in Quito, Ecuador, is the farthest you can get from the center of the Earth. Technically, Mount Chimborazo is 1.5 miles higher than Mount Everest. Did you know that Ecuador is actually the world's most biodiverse country? And a lot of the reason for that is because of the Galapagos Islands, a place that I have always, always wanted to go. And my travel yearnings are just as diverse as Ecuador's biodiversity. But the one thing that stays constant when I travel is that I'm always traveling with just a carry-on backpack. And that carry-on backpack is my Tortuga Outbreaker backpack. So if you want to check that out, if you want to bring just a carry-on with you, no matter where you go, head on over to tortugabackpacks.com. Don't forget to use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that'll get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who has spent more time at the South Pole than 99.99% of humans, who literally has written the book on Loja, Ecuador, and who, if you're part of the EPOP Weekly Newsletter, you already, quote-unquote, know her, because she's the one who helps me put together those awesome, great travel links week in and week out. Lily Ann Fouts, author of Live Like a Local in Loja, that's a lot of L's, and founder of LilyAnnFouts.com. Lily, thanks for joining me today and welcome. I'm stoked to be here, Trav. Thank you. I'm really excited to have you on the other side of a podcast. I know you listen to quite a bit. You helped me with a ton of stuff at Extra Pack of Peanuts. Obviously, you're one of our community managers at Location Indie, so it's really great to actually have you as an expert on this time on Loja, which is a pretty cool destination that I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, hardly anybody knows uh, much about Loja, so you're not alone. Yeah, if you guys are listening and you've heard other Destination Diary episodes, typically it's Heather and I talking about a place that we've been. We talk about where we ate, drank, you know, how to get there, kind of give you an on-the-ground real report on that area. But there are a few times where we bring on people who know a lot more than us about destinations that we might not know anything. So we've done this with Chicago. When I was in Chicago, I had a two-parter with Kevin House. If you're interested at all about anything in Chicago, that guy knows everything. You can check that out. Well, um, we interviewed Rob and David, who talked all about Guatemala, another place that I had never been to, just like Loja, which was really fun. And Jason from Zero Travel came on and did one all about Colorado, his adopted home state. So those are a few of the other destination diaries that are not just Heather and I. So if you need a break, go listen to those. Um, and 
Lily, really, there's very little that I know about Ecuador and Loja going into this. I think that's going to be why it's fun. Here are, the, here are the few facts I know or the few things I know. And you could straighten me out if I'm even wrong on these. Okay. I know that Ecuador is really tiny. Um, I, For some reason, I always get it confused of whether it's in Central or South America. So hopefully after this podcast, I always have it hammered in my head, South America. <laughs> I don't know yes. why, but I think I always, I'm like, is it up there in Central America? No, it's not, guys. Uh, I know Quito because it's the capital, but I don't know much else other than the fact that it's really high up elevation-wise, correct? Yes, the capital is, the country itself varies in elevation greatly all the way from the coast to the high Andes Mountains. So there's a lot of elevation change in Ecuador. I also know now, but I didn't know this five minutes ago, so I'm, I'm make, you know, making sure people know how ignorant I am here. I now know the Galapagos Islands are part of Ecuador. For some reason, if you would have like held a gun to my head and said, Trav, what country the Galapagos Islands part of, I probably would have said Chile. Uh, <laughs> looking at a map, I know that's pretty stupid now because they're way north of Chile. But I think it's because I saw someone talking about flying into Santiago once and using your miles to get from Santiago to the Galapagos. So I just assumed it was part of Chile. It's not. So it's part of Ecuador, which makes Ecuador even cooler, I guess. Absolutely. And uh, the last thing I know is Cuenca. I know the name of the city, Cuenca, because a lot of expats retire there. And ever since the Internet began, when I was like a 15-year-old, I was on this international living newsletter, and they always talk about retiring in Cuenca, Ecuador. And so I had heard that. But those are like the three or four things that I halfway know about Ecuador. Everything else is up for grabs. So you're here to fill us all in on Loja and Ecuador in general. How did you even end up like finding yourself down in Loja? And what's your experience with Ecuador in general? All right. Well, I first went to Ecuador back in 2008 uh, to the Galapagos Islands, actually. And so I had a trip down there. Some friends of mine were living there. So we went, we visited them, and then we did the whole uh, boat tour thing, you know, did a cruise from island to island for eight days, which was a complete blast. And I highly recommend it, although it is fairly expensive. I travel hacked my way down there, so uh, I did it for really cheap. But it's usually really expensive uh to go to the Galapagos Islands. But that was my first exposure to Ecuador, and I really fell in love with the people and with the country. It seemed like, you know, I've been to a number of different Latin American countries. I grew up in Mexico. I lived in Mexico for five years uh, as a kid. So um, I, I went down already kind of familiar with Latin American culture, and of course I spoke the language. Um, but Ecuador just intrigued me. So I always wanted to go back and if you know, fast forward a number of years, uh, my husband and I were thinking about going to South America to explore, and we were trying to decide which country to go to. And Ecuador just coming up, even though I'd already been to Ecuador, to the Galapagos Islands, I wanted to explore the rest of the country. So we decided to go back to Ecuador, and then I started narrowing it down. Like we wanted to do the slow travel thing and really get to know one area really well. And of course, Cuenca, as you mentioned, is a really popular expat destination. So we were thinking about that. But because I already speak the language and because I like to hang out with the locals, I didn't want to go to an area that had a ton of expats. I wanted to go to an area that was more authentic. Um, and my husband and I both like the mountains. So we were looking in the, in the Andes region, up in the mountains. 
and I came across this article about Loja. And there was very little information, but what I read really intrigued me. So I said, okay, let's just go down there, we'll find a place, and let's just spend some time in Loja. So we decided to go live there for um, just under three months and just really get to know the city. And I'm so glad we did because I completely fell in love with Loja. Um, it is definitely off the beaten track. Very few tourists go there, but it's a great destination for lovers of music and the arts. And there's just a ton of music and arts there. It's a great place for people who love to hike because there's so many beautiful trails and, um, Bird watchers will love it there because it's a very biodiverse area and there's so many different species of birds in that area. Um, and basically any adventurous travelers who enjoy venturing off the beaten path, Loja is a great place to explore. Yeah, I I read an article or I, I, I didn't even read it. I just saw the headline of an article and I was typing in a little bit about Loja to like to think, all right, I need, I need to know something before I get on this podcast. I love to be naive, but I'd at least love to know like where it is. And one of the things that came up was Loha, and it said, diamond in the rough or just rough? And I thought, <laughs> all right, well, that's the kind of place that you're getting when you're going to Loha. You mentioned it's very, uh, it's you're not going to find a ton of tourists going there. It's definitely a rougher or or um, more local version of Cuenca, I, I would assume then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and quite a bit smaller. Cuenca is a good-sized city with, I think, over 3 million people. Loja is a small city of under 200,000. So it's, it's a completely different experience. It has a more town feel than city feel to it. But, um, but yeah, it is definitely a little hidden gem. Uh, it's in Loja... Is the uh, the city of Loja is the is the capital of the province of Loja, which is on the very southern part of Ecuador, right down next to Peru. Uh, you've got the Andes region to the east. You've got the coastal region to the west, and it's up in this high mountain uh, valley, up around seven thousand feet depending on what part of the city you're in, because it's in a very mountainous area. So there you go up and down the mountains to get around to different parts of the city. So some parts are above 7,000 feet, some are a little below 7,000 feet, but that's kind of the average elevation. So if someone was getting, wanted to get into Loja, is it fairly easy to do? Like what would be the best way for them to get in if they were coming, let's even say coming from the U.S. and they're saying, all right, well, yeah, I want to give Loja a shot. Just like um, Lily and Keith, her husband, you know, that sounds cool. I want to get a little bit off the beaten path. Is it easy to get to Loja or is it something where you're transferring like 16 different times and taking <laughs> buses and crazy stuff like that? It's uh, It can be actually not too difficult to get there, but you can make it as adventurous as you want. So typically when you fly to Ecuador, you'll fly into Quito or you'll fly into the other large city uh, of the country, which is Guayaquil. And it's uh, in the coastal region. It's not actually right on the beach, but it's in the coastal region of Ecuador. And so if you once you fly into one of those two cities, uh, Loja actually has an airport. So then you can take uh, and you can fly from Guayaquil or Quito to Loja. Um, the airport in Loja is actually about 45 minutes outside the city. Um, it's actually in a small, small town called Catamayo. Um, and then from there, you can either take a taxi over 
or uh, get a taxi to the bus station and take a bus over. It takes about 45 minutes. And would that be what you would suggest someone going to Loja for the first time do fly into Loja? Or would you say, all right, no, you could, you know, I'm obviously I'm sure there's other ways to get in. Would you recommend they take this more adventurous route? Uh, it, it all depends on their personality, of course. Um, if, if you're completely new to Latin America, uh, it might be easier to just fly. Um, if you like adventure, you've had some experience traveling around in Latin America, you're not intimidated by buses and winding roads and fast bus drivers, um, then you can take the bus. It is a long day. If you want to take the bus from Guayaquil, you're looking at about a nine-hour bus ride. It is much cheaper, though. It is only, I think, $12 to go from Guayaquil to Loja. And right, so you're maybe, looking at like a dollar ten an hour, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's very, very cheap to travel around by bus. Um, and then if you come down from Quito, it's even farther. You're looking at a twelve to fourteen hour bus ride, and uh, I think it's around twenty dollars to to do that. So, yeah, not for the um, faint of heart either. I would assume. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the bus drivers. If you're not used to uh, Latin American driving. Um, you might, some people might be a little nerve wracked <laughs> by the experience, but it is absolutely beautiful scenery. I personally like to take the bus because I love traveling by bus. I like to see the countryside as I go. Uh, it is a beautiful flight too. Um, but the buses are, uh, it's a, it's a fun experience if you're up for the adventure. I, uh, I would recommend it. Would would you recommend someone getting a car? Like, is a rental car something you would need in Ecuador or Loja in general, or do you just say stay away from this? I would recommend against it um, because for several reasons. A, it's actually, from what I understand, I've never actually rented a car there, but from what I understand, renting a car in Ecuador is fairly expensive. Um, the gas there is super cheap, but the car rental is expensive. Um, and if you're not used to driving in that, it might be a little, you know, difficult. <laughs> the public transportation goes everywhere and it's so, so cheap. So I would definitely recommend against renting a car and just learn how to get around on the buses because you're going to save a ton of money. And it's, I think it's more fun to just sit back and let somebody else do the driving. When you get to Loja, then, so no matter how you come in, whether you fly in or you take your bus ride, you know, um, whatever you want to do, that's up to you. What is there to do? Like, why should someone make their way all the way to Loja? Then we know it holds a place in your heart. So now we have to sell people on, hey, here's <laughs> maybe they're already sold. Maybe they just think, like, this sounds great off the beaten mm -hmm. path experience. But what is there to do in Loja and around Loja? I would say the highlights of the region are the music and the nature. So those are the two things that that really make Loja what it is. If you want to just you know, look at the architecture and the city as a city itself, it's it's nothing to you know go out of your way for. But if you like to hike, then this is a really, really good destination. One of the things I love to do when I when I travel, and I might be a little weird, so you know take it for what it is. But one of the things I love to do when I travel 
is explore a city or, you know, a region that I'm in by the public transportation system. I think it's, it is complete blast to get onto, uh, you know, a bus or metro or whatever type of system there is and just ride it to the end of the line and get out and then just start exploring on foot and see where it goes, you know, where it takes you. And Loja is a great place for that because you can get on the bus. You're going to be in the center of town usually when you when you start. You're down at the level of the river and you've got hills going up either side. And it's kind of, you know, a lot of people go to Loja and they, they describe it as ugly because all they see is that central part of town. But when you get up out of that central area and and you can see the mountains around, it is stunningly beautiful. I mean... If that was in the U.S., it would be designated a national park. I mean, it's just incredibly beautiful. So take a bus, go out to the end of a, of a route, get off the bus, and there's trails all around the city. So there's all kinds of places you can hike. Um, within Loja, there's also a number of parks, a lot of green spaces, and that's something that they take a lot of pride in. The first time we were down there in uh, early 2014, they... Uh, had just elected a mayor and everybody was excited because they said this this guy was mayor, you know, like 10 years previously. And uh, he really cleaned up the town. He's, you know, he's coming back in now. So he's going to he's going to really make make it nice in Loja. And so then we just went back to Loja uh, in December 2016, January 2017. Right. You know, a couple months ago. And he absolutely, you can see he's just doing all kinds of things to really um, spruce up the town. Uh, the parks have just been, you know, he's extended trails. There's trails that follow the rivers through town. You can you can walk along the rivers. The parks are beautiful. Um, I mean, it was beautiful before, but he's he's really made it much better even. There's another place to hike kind of in the southern part of town. It's across the road from the Botanical Garden, which is another place I recommend visiting. Um, but you can hike up in the trails up there and, and get a good view of the city. Um, the Botanical Garden is a great place. I, th- I believe it's the oldest botanical garden in the country. Uh, so that's, that's definitely worth uh, going to visit. Um, and there's also a bus tour. Um, if Go, you want getting to get back a, on that bus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, the typical bus tour, the double deckers where the tops okay. open and, yeah. you know, the, uh, couple times a day, you know, you can go from the center of Loja, uh, and it'll take you through this, the kind of this historic district of Loja. So if you want to see, um, you know, the cathedrals, the, 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 uh, the city part of it, then you can do that. Right. So it's pretty easy then to get, like you said, get out of that main part of the city just by hopping on a public transport bus and it'll take you up and out to the to the trails and nature and all that. Yes. 30 cents a ride. Jump on the bus and uh, out you go. Um, And there are some really, really beautiful places. I personally there's if you go all the way to the uh, south end of town, um, there's a hill there that has a cross on it, a little lake. Uh, and then you can go up the trail the other other way from that lake and just go back in there. And it's just absolutely incredible. You get back in there, you see these cliffs and just the, the vegetation and the, and the vast scenery that you get. It's just incredible. And then on the north end, there's a 
a mountain that you can hike up to get to a cross. I mean, well, Ecuador is a very Catholic country, so you'll see a lot of crosses on top of the mountains and a lot of churches and, you know, uh, religious symbology all over the place. Awesome. Yeah. And when Lily says that she likes to hop on public transportation right around, she is not kidding. Because when we were chatting the other day, you talked about how for version two of your book, for the updated version, you actually went on every bus line in Loja from like yes. the beginning to the end. And it took you, I had to tell that story because you really sold all out on this. You said, I'm going to figure out every bus line and where it goes. And then you went and did it. You didn't look at a map. You actually rode all the buses. Yeah. Well, I tried to find a map. That's one reason I rode all the buses, but I wanted to ride all the buses anyway. So it was a great excuse. But, you know, like I said, I love to explore. So I I wanted to know, okay, where does where do all of these bus lines go? I wanted to just look at a map and know where they all went. And I asked the tourism office and I asked the transportation office and I went around and, you know, they they kept sending me back and forth to each other and nobody was giving me this thing. So I thought, okay, it doesn't exist. I'm going to make it myself. So I turned my GPS on on my phone and I mapped every route end to end. I spent about 20 hours total on every single bus route in Loja, went to the end, saw what was there, you know, made a note of, you know, is that an area that we would want to explore further? Is it an area that we think looks kind of sketchy? I mean, I made notes of what was at the end of every bus route. It was a complete blast. And I now have a comprehensive map of the entire city bus system in Loja. The only human in the world who has a comprehensive map of the <laughs> of the bus system at all until it comes. I will down. be sharing it. At, yeah. uh, you know, in, yeah, I will be sharing it on my blog and in my upcoming book. So it will no longer be only me soon who has that. But yes, currently I am the only one that I know of who has that. It, it's kind of cool. It's a, it's like a, being a modern day explorer. I mean, obviously you had the GPS and the phone that that you know Christopher Columbus and Marco Polo didn't have. <laughs> but still, the point is the same. You were saying I'm going to make a map of all this because it doesn't exist, which is pretty neat and probably something most people have never done. And now you're going to be sharing it, which is a really, really cool thing for people to do. Now, obviously, you have a built-in advantage because you speak Spanish and because you grew up in Mexico for five years. And we'll touch on that at the end of the show. Don't let me forget that because I want people to kind of know the other book that you wrote, which is a little different than just being a guidebook to Loja. But what if someone comes and doesn't speak Spanish or their Spanish like mine is to the point where, yeah, I can ask where the bathroom is and maybe order a meal. Like if it's something like one of the foods that I know, but other than that, it'd be re really difficult for me to do much else. Is it still possible for someone like myself to come to Loja and enjoy it? Or would it be pretty difficult? Um, well, I'm not going to lie. It definitely uh, is advantageous to speak at least a little bit of the language, but I think anybody could still go and enjoy it. There's always uh, sign language and so forth. But I think one of the things I like to do when I travel to a place where I don't speak the language is to pick up a phrase book, listen to a few things online. In Spanish, there's so much online uh, that's free. Um, I would recommend spending just a little bit of time learn a few basic phrases because they, you know, there are people in Loja that do speak English, but it's not widespread uh, like it is on a regular tourist path where you're going to easily get around without, um, you know, 
any there's trouble always somebody all, yeah. there who can has, can help you out in English. Loja, there are you know it's a university city and there's several universities there. Um, there are students that are studying English and so forth. Um, so you will find some people that can at least speak a little bit and can help you out. And I, if they see that you're making even a small effort, they will. They are such friendly people in Loja. They will go out of their way to help you. So um, I think it's definitely possible, even if you don't speak the language. You know, speaking it helps a lot. But even if you don't speak the language, you make a small attempt and um, and people will kind of meet you halfway, I think. How would you recommend people go about booking uh, like accommodations and things like that in Loja? Would it be something that you would recommend they do ahead of time? Or is it the type of place where it's advantageous to show up and say, all right, I'm going to find, you know, a little guest house or it's not going to show, you know, this isn't going to be on the Internet. Um, so how how would you do that? For for a first time, or not someone who's been there who knows what they're doing. I mean, obviously, get the book yeah. and then read all your <laughs> all your stuff. But yeah, what would someone do if they were a first timer heading to Aloha? Okay, there's several options for first timers. The first time we went, we went ahead and uh, booked a couple of days of accommodation for when we got there, so that we would have a place to go to straight away, and then from there we could look for a more long term place. And that worked out really well for us. We stayed at a hotel called Hotel Podocarpus. And, you know, you can go to hotels.com or, you know, any booking aggregator, agent, yeah. or, you know, booking agency or whatever online and uh, and find hotels in Loja, Ecuador. There is a Howard Johnson there for those who like big American style hotels. Um, and that's, you know, considered a, a fancy hotel there. Um I don't think there's anything in Loja that's going to be over $100 a night. But yeah, you can go online and book, you know, read the reviews, find one that looks like it might suit your tastes. Um, hotel Podocarpus was a decent hotel. It was $45 a night for the two of us for a double. They, it includes a buffet breakfast, which was really good. It had fresh fruit juices and, you know, a nice buffet breakfast. And uh, it's one of the few buildings in Loja that actually has an elevator in there. So anybody who might have a little bit of trouble uh, moving around might appreciate the elevator. I don't know. I highly recommend uh, Airbnb. There are, when we first went down there, there was basically nothing on Airbnb, but more and more properties are coming in all the time now. Um, so it's not too hard to find a place. Uh, I would recommend finding something that's 30 or 40 or less per night. And if you're going to stay there a week or longer, you can, you know, maybe get the weekly rate or even the monthly rate, depending on how long you're going to be there. Um, and that's a really neat way because, you know, you'd be in a neighborhood. So you have a more authentic experience. You get to know your neighbors a little bit. Um, and it's a little quieter outside the city center. Um, so if you like peace and quiet, you might appreciate that a little bit better. Um, are there neighborhoods that you would recommend, like if someone was coming and they were going to stay for longer than a couple of days, they're going to stay for a week or so, so that they can, or, or even longer, so that they can dig in um, a bit into Loja? Are there areas that you would recommend people stay in versus staying in the city center? And then, how easy is it to get, you know, into the center of the city from from these little neighborhoods? Well, the neighborhood that I'm the most familiar with, because we stayed in kind of two different 
regions, and that's the southern part of town. So uh, toward the uh, University of the National University of Loja and that area, there are several places available on Airbnb. There's this uh, grocery store there called Supermaxi, kind of in the area where the Supermaxi is. Uh, it's a really convenient place. You're not going to be far from the city bus. Uh, taxis are abundant. You can get a taxi to just about anywhere in town for two bucks. Uh, bus rides, like I said earlier, are 30 cents. Um, and that's a nice, nice, solid area of town, I think. Um, there's another part of town called El Valle, which is kind of um, in the northern part of town. There's a park there, which I'll talk a little bit about, called Hipiro Park. And there's uh, I think there's some properties up in that area, and that's a really nice part of town. And there's also a place, uh, a neighborhood called Samora Waiko. And Samora Waiko is is kind of on the uh, east side of town, back in this little uh, canyon, you know, up a river. Uh, and that's a really nice neighborhood. I mean, the whole city uh, has potential, but I think those are the areas where you're going to be not far from a bus. And... Um, and it's beautiful. The neighborhoods are, are nice. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend those. And you talked a little bit about pricing for accommodations. You know, wouldn't pay over like 30 or 40 a night, except if you're like the first couple of days when you get in, maybe you want to make sure you're settled in a hotel and pay a little more than that. What about some of the prices for other things that you might want to do? So, you know, eating out, a meal out, what what are you looking at with prices for that or or groceries or, you know, entertainment? I don't know if they have movie theaters, but what are we looking at uh, for day-to-day type things? Okay, well, let me uh, give you just a little bit more on the accommodations price-wise. Sure, sure, sure. Um, there, there, there's another option there. If you, as, you know, particularly if you have even just a little bit of Spanish under your belt, um, there's these things called hostales, which are basically hotels all over the place. Um, and you'll see hostal and then the name of, you know, you know, hostal Betania or whatever. Like those are typically about 20 to $25 a night for a double. And they're usually clean. They may or may not serve breakfast. Sometimes they, they serve breakfast and they charge a little extra, like $3 a person or something. That's another option if you're just going to be there for a couple of days. And unless there's a big festival or something going on, there's probably going to be availability all over. You can just get off the bus, go to an hostel and get a place for 20 bucks a night. Um, and a lot of the Airbnb places are actually, you know, in that range as well, 20 a night. I would not pay more than 30 or 40. Um, I'm going to just tell you really quick. There's a couple of places I would avoid in Loja. This one hotel called Jardines del Rio. It's kind of in that same, the super maxi sort of southern part of town area. It's overpriced and uh, the services there weren't really good. Um, we stayed there for a few nights. You know, the, they had a hardwood floor. It was kind of crumbling. Uh, the, the shower didn't work very well. The hot water was kind of iffy. So uh, I would not go there. And then that same family operates some Airbnb places. And if you stick to my rule of, you know, 30 to 40 or less, you'll avoid it because they're priced at like 70, 80 bucks a night. And you're not going to get any more than what you will pay for the 30 or 40. You know, they're a very pleasant family, very nice people, but their customer service is not there. So if you if you have a need or something comes up, they're not going to take care of you. Um, whereas uh, Airbnb apartments 
there's several managed by an expat named uh, James White, James W on um, Airbnb. So I highly recommend those. We stayed the first time we stayed with a you know Airbnb managed by Christian, which is the Jardines del Rio people. Um, don't do that. The second time we stayed with uh, a, with a family uh, where the uh, Airbnb side was managed by James, and all of our needs were taken care of very quickly. It was awesome, so I I can definitely recommend that. So, so look look for James W on Airbnb, and yeah, that's going to yeah. be a good bet. And I assume then James W is he in Loha or is he just yes. managing remotely? Okay, and I assume no, he- he's there. He knows the. The you know he he basically takes care of the Airbnb side for the locals. So the the apartments they're going to be dealing with the local people and so forth, but then he handles the communication with people who book. You know they can't speak Spanish or whatever, and you know he's really good at communicating. Um, so yeah, he's great. Uh, I'm sure there's others that are great as well, but uh, he's the one that I have personal experience with. Uh, I can say you know you're going to be well taken care of if you stay at one of his. Yeah, places. and which is a great little built-in if you are worried about not speaking a ton of Spanish and maybe being a little, you know, leery of, all right, well, when I get there, you know, I wish I had someone that could help me out a bit. That might be a nice little built-in advantage of staying there as well because you at least mm-hmm. know you can contact him and he can at least sort you out a little bit. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we've got so, accommodations. Okay, so you were asking fixed. about prices. Yeah, of other pricing things. of yeah day to day life and entertainment and doing stuff and eat, and of course eating. Yes, eating very important. Um, it's actually very very cheap. Uh, most most things are far cheaper there than they are in the U.S. Um, I already mentioned transportation. Like for a little over a dollar an hour, you can get all over the country. Um, eating. There are the you know the typical restaurants that all the locals eat at. They're just everywhere, like every neighborhood. You find a, a small collection of tables. Sometimes there's not even a sign out or anything. Sometimes there is, sometimes there's not. But you can typically sit down at one of those places and get it. They don't have a menu. They have a set amount, set thing that they're going to serve you and you take it or leave it. But it's typically a plate with, it's got rice, it's got some kind of legumes like um, lentils or beans or peas or something in, in a stew. And then there's uh, some kind of meat and some kind of uh, salad. And then there's usually like uh, fried potatoes or fried plantains. And plantains are a huge staple of the diet in Ecuador. Plantains are those big bananas that are real starchy. Um, and so bananas, you know, there's a huge, huge banana economy there i guess i could uh, culture like, of bananas like, yeah i mean that's a, a staple of the diet bananas and plantains huge there um so there's you're gonna get a lot of plantains hopefully you're not allergic to bananas and you get a plate like that for like between two and three dollars and it and it includes a drink so there's usually like a lemonade or you know some kind of drink that goes with that so you get a big plate of food very filling with a drink for two to three dollars and at lunchtime they always serve a soup as well so you get soup a plate of food and a drink for you know two to three bucks um if you want to spend a little bit more and go to a nicer restaurant um there's a there's a restaurant in uh the el valle area over by the mall is called mama lola and this is a place that serves um, 
a lot of the traditional food. So if you if you want to try local authentic dishes from that region of Ecuador, go to Mama Lola. They will serve. Uh, we went there with my mother-in-law. She came to visit us last time we were down there. And she got this plate with a huge pork ribs thing in there. I mean, I'm vegetarian, so I'm going to be giving some recommendations based on what other people are telling me. Uh, but like this huge, it took her, I think, three meals to eat it all because it was so big. Um, and uh, and it had, you know, a side of, you know, different things on the plate. Um, and I got you know, a bunch of different side dishes that were all vegetarian, you know, some, some plantain thing, some veg, vegetable thing, you know, different, uh, they have this thing called Montepillo, which is another traditional dish, you know, based on corn, uh, like hominies, big corn kernels. Um, Keith got the same. We all got a drink. And I think the total bill for all three of us was like $17. <laughs> and so you got three meals, one that lasted for three days, and yes. uh, and you're looking at about 17 bucks. That Mama Lola, yeah. you said. Yes. Okay. Uh, and, and that's one that's highly recommended by a lot of the locals. You know, I ask people there, which what's your favorite restaurant? A lot of people mention that one. Um, <laughs> a little note about the local foods. Um, Aside from the plantains, which are very, very popular throughout Ecuador, um, the Loja area has this delicacy they call cuy. And cuy is a guinea pig. And I'm used to guinea pig as a little furry pet. You know, I had little guinea pigs when I was growing up. But it's a delicacy there. Um, so you can get cuy at Mama Lola. They also have a, a plate there. If, you, if you're not brave enough to eat the actual guinea pig, um, they have a plate there called uh, gallina cuyada, which is um, chicken, but then they prepare it in the juices and with the same spices that they prepare the cuy. So you get the flavor of the cuy, but it's chicken. <laughs> so you get so, the flavor of the guinea pig without having to eat the little without furry Without the guinea actual pig. guinea pig. So, there you, you know, it's, it's chicken with the flavor of the guinea pig. So if you want to try that, that's something that they make there at Mama Lola. And so, yeah, a lot of people uh, ask you, you know, have you had kui yet? Because, you know, that's the thing there. Um, there's another restaurant called Pucara de Podocarpus, which is kind of up on the hill. There's a, an unfinished aerial tram there in Loja. So you see the building up the top. You see the building down at the bottom. There's no cables between them. The park at the bottom is definitely worth going to visit. It's a nice big park. And there's a restaurant there at the edge of the park called Pucara de Podocarpus. And they serve also a lot of the local traditional dishes. I had a, a soup there called Repe Blanco. And Repe Blanco is a traditional soup, again, made out of, based on plantain. It's kind of a milk plantain sort of dish. They serve it with a half an avocado. And it's absolutely delicious. Um, so I highly recommend that. Um, and that restaurant's kind of up on the hill a little bit, so you'll have a really nice view of the city. So you go there, have a nice view, enjoy some good local traditional food. Another place I highly recommend if you if you're feeling like you want some Tex-Mex, because um, <laughs> you always want Tex-Mex, you know, no matter where so you are. It's... If you're getting a little tired of the local food and you feel like Tex-Mex, there's a there's a newish uh, restaurant in town called Sarsa Brewing Company. Uh, it's also a craft brewery. I believe it's the first craft brewery in Loja. Wow. And um, I don't drink, but uh, my sister-in-law, who was there with us, uh, 
got the sampler, you know, and so she tried a bunch of different ones. She said it was really good. Uh, they make these craft brews from, from all over the world right there. And, um, and they also serve really good Tex-Mex food. And this so, coming from someone who grew, spent a lot of time in Mexico growing up. So yes. you know your, your Tex-Mex and what's authentic and what's well, not. Well, not only that, my sister-in-law actually lives in Dallas, Texas. So, so she eats real Tex-Mex all the time. Right. And she said this was the best she has ever had. Oh, So boy. it's really good Tex-Mex food. Um, Sarsa Brewing Company. Um, it's run by uh, a couple... The man is from Texas, and the woman is uh, Ecuadorian. So, um, yeah, that best, is definitely... Best of both worlds there. Yes. It yes, might be time both. to be booking my ticket here. I, I mean, <laughs> this is... I didn't know there was a brewing company down there with good Tex-Mex. Man. Yes. All yes. right. So, yeah, if you want Tex-Mex, that's the place to go. Um, yeah, highly recommend that place. I had the... Um, they have... If you're a vegetarian, it's also a very, very vegetarian-friendly place. They've got multiple items on their menu that are actual vegetarian items. I had their black bean veggie burger, and it was to die for. It's, I think it's the best veggie burger I have ever had. It was awesome. How, so, how yeah. is being a vegetarian there in general? Like you said, if you go to a local restaurant, they're going to give you this big plate with, with all this stuff. Do you just... Like, do you actually ask for more, like if you're a vegetarian, oh, I don't want the meat, can I have more of the legumes? Or do you just yeah. not eat the meat part? Very simple. What I do is I say, I'm vegetarian, I can't eat meat. Instead of giving the meat portion, can you fry two eggs and put two eggs on there instead? And they always do. No problem. And they usually charge me less because meat is more expensive than eggs. So they actually reduce the price for me. Uh, which is nice because that doesn't usually happen in the States. When I ask for them to make an accommodation, they will either charge me the same as the meat dish, even though it costs them less, or they will actually charge me more for the inconvenience of making the substitution. So it's really nice in Loja. They will actually charge me less for going without the meat. No wonder you like Loja so much. It's awesome. (laughs) All right. So we've got the food. Are there any other places that you would recommend people go? I mean, that, that gives us a decent amount of places. Is there anywhere else we're missing so far? Um, yeah, uh, I would recommend, um, there's a couple of really good ice cream places there. So if people like, uh, ice cream, there's a place called, everybody says, and this is one of my biggest regrets. I didn't actually go to this particular place, but everybody I asked said, Tuto Fredo has the best ice cream in Loja. Why I didn't go, I don't know, but, um, Tuto Fredo, so go there. It's uh, it's right near the central plaza, and um, there's also a place called Nice Cream, which is uh, uh, near the other plaza called Plaza San Sebastian. There's a place there called Nice Cream, which is run by the same company. Tuto Fredo, Nice Cream are the same company, um, and everybody said either Tuto Fredo or Nice Cream. Those were the top votes, hands down. Nobody mentioned anything else. Those were it. So yeah, go there and. Um, I did, I did go to a place that I really liked for ice cream. Um, it was called Topoli, T-O-P-O-L-I, and it's kind of halfway between those two parks. So if, you're, if you go from the central plaza to the Plaza San Sebastian, halfway there you'll see Topoli. So if you air. want three ice creams, if you want if you want an ice cream in between Tutu Fredo right, and ice right. cream, you got just to make your it. way, yeah. yeah, just make your way down eating ice cream all the way. Uh, it makes for a really good day. So 
the ice cream there is, is may, may not be the best ice cream you've ever had in the world, but it's it's good. It's really yeah. good. Awesome. All right, so we've got we've got eating out of the way, and we've kind of talked about things to do. But what else? And you said getting out and hiking and and getting out in nature. Is there other like touristy stuff, or even well, there's not many tourists. But is there other things to do in town, or other things that you would say? All right, if you're going all the way to Loja, yes. you can't miss these few things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I talked about the hiking a lot, but the music scene in Loja, you cannot miss. I mean, if you go to Loja, go see some music. There's um, every Thursday evening at 8 p.m. from 8 to 10 p.m. in Plaza San Sebastián, they have this event called Jueves Culturales or Cultural Thursdays. And it is this amazing production that they put on with singers and dancers. I mean, high quality. It's They televise it. They broadcast it on the radio. I mean, and it's every week at, you know, every Thursday they put on this super high quality production. So don't miss that. If you're in Loja on a Thursday, absolutely go to Plaza San Sebastián at 8 p.m. and enjoy the the music and the dancing and the production that they have there. That's really fun. Um, there's a symphony there, and it's pretty good symphony. The performances are all free. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, these things I'm mentioning, for the most part, they're free. I mean, the you go to the symphony. They have uh, they have an older theater there, and then they also have this brand new Teatro Nacional National Theater. Uh, Benjamin Carrion is the name of it. And it's over by Hipiro Park, which I still need to tell you a little bit about. This particular theater it's really big. It's you know it's one of the best in the whole country, and some some of their performances for the symphony are in there. And usually, you know, it's it's free. You just you just go and enjoy. Um, and they're really good. Uh, and also a lot of the, the bars in town have live music, particularly Thursday or sorry, uh, Friday evenings, Saturday evenings. So if you like live music of all kinds, uh, you know, they have all these diff- different singers and musicians and groups that come in and play in the live, uh, play live music in the bars. So, um, you know, Sarsa Brewing Company, that's one of the, the, the one I mentioned with the Tex-Mex, uh, they have live music there sometimes. And, um, there's a couple of other bars that I haven't been to cause I'm not a big nightlife person, but they were recommended to me by multiple people. One of them's called La Huerta, which means the orchard. Um, and I'll give you links to all of these places so you can put them in your show notes. Yeah, Don't worry guys. It'll be in the show notes. It's yeah, also, yeah, I it- assume in, in the version two of, uh, living in Loja, like a local the, in the, in the book yes. as well. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they will appear there as well. Um, Lemon Trip is another one. Um, and then there's another one called La Mancha de Don Quixote. Uh, and so those are bars that uh, reportedly have live musicians on a regular basis. And they say a lot of the, you know, almost all the bars will have uh, live musicians in them at some point or another. So um, definitely enjoy the music scene in Loja because that's what, I mean, there's this saying, uh, in Loja that every, every home has a musician. I mean, it's just, there's music all over the place. So definitely you can't miss that while you're there. Loja is kind of known as the cultural capital of Ecuador, even though it's a small city. I mean, for the, for its modest size, it's incredible how many cultural events they have. Um, and there's a song in Ecuador that says, 
if you haven't been to Aloha, you don't know my country. You know, it's like, this is the cultural capital of the country. Um, I, I hope they use that on their tourist slogans. Yes, they do. You'll see it on the side of a bus. There's, okay. a, there's a bus line where they have this. If you don't, you know, of course, it's in Spanish, but that's it says that if you don't, uh, if you haven't been to Aloha, you don't know my country. So, um, yeah, Aloha is a is a great place. And it, there's also artists of other types there. I mean, there's uh, theater and um, lots of like uh, pottery and carving and, you know, different kinds of, of arts. And they've got stuff going on all the time. I recommend you go to the tourist office, which is in the central plaza, go to the tourist office and ask for an agenda, uh, agenda cultural, which is the uh, basically the schedule of events for the month. So you can see what's coming up and, and try to hit some of those while you're there. You did say Hipiro, Hibiro Park, yes. which now I'm Hib- like... <laughs> okay. Hipiro is Hibiro. Uh, is the biggest park in uh, Loja. And it's just a really fun place to go, especially on a weekend because they have like horseback rides and paddle boats and, um, you know, trails and playgrounds if you're coming with a family you have kids go there because there's just all kinds of stuff to do and they've got all these little buildings throughout the park that are uh they built to represent different parts of the world so they've got like this chinese building and this scottish castle and you know this uh building in moscow i can't remember what it's right, called right. you know they, they yeah. replicate that you know so they've rep- replicated these buildings from all over the, the world and so it's just a fun place to go around and see all these uh, these little replicas. And, uh, and if you go on a weekend, you'll just get a sense of what, I mean, the place is packed with families out there just enjoying the outdoors with their kids. And it's just fun to go out there and people watch. So Hipiro, there's another park on the south end of town near Super Maxi called uh, Parque Lineal La Tebaida. Definitely uh, uh, go there if you've already seen Hipiro and you want to do some more parks. That's another fun one. Uh, but Hipiro is, the, is where it's at. Um, there's also, um, Loja has 11 wind turbines up on a hill. And uh, they're really one of the, I think they're the first city in Ecuador to have implemented a recycling program. They're really conscious about the environment and they're really trying to promote that. So they have these uh, wind turbines, uh, which generate a lot of the electricity for the area. And uh, they have free tours um, of that. You know, it's in Spanish, uh, but it's a a really interesting thing to go up and see. Um, So that's another thing that you might want to do while you're there. Um, As far as like outside of Loja, if you want to, if you're going to be there for a little while and you want to hop out of town, the province has all kinds of really cool things to do. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, let's say someone's going for, let's say they have two weeks and and they plan on getting into Loja and even making that their home base. So we'll put together some itinerary. Would you recommend they do, well, well, here's a question for you. Would you recommend they do a week in Loja and then a week maybe somewhere else in Ecuador? Or would you recommend saying, I mean, you know, there's never enough time when people are traveling, right? And you always want to spend, spend time uh, spends a uh, longer time somewhere, or would you recommend them doing two weeks in Loja and like you said, taking these little day trips out to different places? Um, again, it all depends on what somebody enjoys doing. Um, if you're the slow traveler type that really likes to get to know an area in depth, um, then getting a two week 
you know, apartment in Loja and then doing day trips or even a one or two overnight trips um, might be a good way to go. If you want to see as much as possible, then you might want to explore some of the, you know, Ecuador has some other beautiful areas too. So you might want to explore some of the other parts. Um, if you do decide to stay in Loja and make that a base, um, there's several towns within a short distance, you know, a couple of bucks on a bus um, where you can go and explore. One of the one of the areas, if you're really into hiking and you want to go see something that's this pristine place that hardly anybody knows to or gets about, even Ecuadorians a lot of times don't know about this place, Yacuri National Park is way down in the southern part of the province, down by um, Peru. Um, you kind of go over, you know, west over the mountains toward Catamayo and then south from there, all the way down. Um, there's a town called Amalusa, and this is one of those little gems. Um, Amalusa is this little town. Everybody will be staring at you if you uh, don't look Hispanic because they don't see tourists there. Um, and they really should because what they have to offer is incredible. They've got this Yakuri National Park where you hike up to these lagoons and it's just a beautiful high, high mountain, high Andes, uh, pristine area to hike. Uh, and then near Amalusa also they have waterfalls. Like there's a, there's one waterfall that is, uh, it's called Cascada La Cofriada and it's huge. And you can walk along the river, you get to this waterfall and you can just stand in the spray and feel the power of this thing, the spray and the wind hitting you from the, from the waterfall. It is absolutely amazing. Um, there's orchids and birds and, um, you know, the waterfall, it's just, it's one of those gorgeous areas that nobody knows about. So I would, I would highly recommend exploring that town if you want, if you, you know, go down there, maybe go down there one day, stay overnight and explore the area and then go back the next day or something. Yeah, how far is that if you're taking a bus? <laughs> that one is about three hours on the bus. So, so it's, you'd you probably know, want to do an overnight. You want to do an point. overnight. Yeah. 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 You want to do an overnight on that one. Um, a little closer to um, Loja, there's on the other side, if you go the uh, over the mountains to the east, you end up in the Amazon region. So if you want to get a little taste of the Amazon jungle, go over the mountains to the east to a little town called Samora. And Samora will take you to the edge uh, of Podocarpus National Park, which is this huge park. You can access Podocarpus National Park from Loja. You can access it from Samora. And then there's uh, another town south of, of Loja called Vilcabamba, which uh, I'll talk to you about that in a second. Um, and you can access it from any of those three towns. Uh, but you go to the Samora side and, and you've got more of that jungle flavor. So, you know, the really lush vegetation, beautiful tropical birds, um, waterfalls. It's just totally worth going for a day and hiking. So you can go over there in the morning. It's about an hour and a half, I think, on the bus. Go over there in the morning, take a taxi to the entrance to the trailhead of the park, spend the day walking around in the park, and then go back to uh, Loja in the evening. Um, that's a really nice place to go for the day. And that's actually outside of Loja province, but it's really close. Um, 
And I've got another... my I've got my map up here as you're saying it all. I'm just I'm just yeah. trying to place it. Yeah, it's, it looks close on the map, couple of inches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, very windy roads. Just be aware. Um, and yeah, anywhere you go out of Loja, you're going to be going up up a mountain and down because Loja's in a valley, so you're going to be going up. Uh, except if you go north, you're just going to be going up, 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 up for a while. Um, if you want a little cooler weather, go about an hour north to a town called Saraguro. And if you want a really fun adventure, book a night with an indigenous family. Spend 24 hours with an indigenous family in Saraguro. That's really fun. There's a partic- uh, this one particular family that we've stayed with twice now, and I will continue to go back especially if we have people visiting us because it's so much fun. You get to experience um, what it's like living within it and what it's, you know, indigenous life is like. So you see them doing their various crafts, uh, gardening, raising their wildlife. This particular family has some sheep and so they share their sheep and they make things out of wool. Um, And uh, the husband is a furniture maker. So he makes uh, this log furniture, um, and they have this really beautiful garden. You can stay with them. It's like 20, I think it's 28 or $30 to stay with them uh, per person for 24 hours. It includes your lodging and all meals um, and all activities. So it's, it's really well worth it. I highly recommend them. They have a, a Facebook page called Posada El Bosque. So um, if you want to stay with that particular family, you can. They also accommodate vegetarians, that particular family. So if anybody's listening and wants to do that and they're worried about the meal situation, that family is the one for you because they will prepare vegetarian meals. Um, How did you find out about this opportunity originally, staying with like the indigenous families and especially like this? um, Yeah. So there is the tourism office for Saraguro has this program where they connect tourists with indigenous families and set you up. It's a little more expensive if you go through the tourist office because you have a middleman rather than this family. You can go directly with them. But I think it's $35, $35 a night. So it's it's not it's not bad um, to go through the tourist office um, in Saraguro and then they'll set you up with any family. I highly recommend doing that. That's really a, a fun experience. Another town that's kind of significant to the area is El Cisne, and that's uh, if you go again west over toward Catamayo and then up a little bit. El Cisne is this little tiny town with a humongous cathedral. I mean, humongous. I mean, this powder blue cathedral completely dominates the town, and that is the home of uh, La Virgen del Cisne or the Virgin of El Cisne. Um, and, you know, Catholicism, again, really, really important thing in this area. It's a very big part of the culture. Um, so every year they have a pilgrimage from El Cisne to Loja. It's a three-day thing where they go in stages from El Cisne over. It's like 70 kilometers to, to do the, the total thing. And it's huge. It attracts, uh, you know, devout believers from all over Latin America Hundreds of thousands of people come to do this pilgrimage. It's in August, and then I believe in uh, November uh, they make the reverse pilgrimage from Loja back to El Cisne. So they take they take this virgin, they carry her 
you know, all the way to Loja. They, she stays in the Loja Cathedral for a few months, and then they carry her all the way back and put her back in El Cisne. So that's, you know, that's definitely something I would love to experience someday. I haven't been to Loja at that time of year, but I would like to experience that at some point because it, it just seems like it would be incredible. Um, so that could be something that, that, I mean, that would be worth someone possibly even planning their trip around, saying, all right, if I'm going to be here at this time, even if they're not going to do the pilgrimage itself, the three days between El Cisne and Loja, they at least could be in town or in one of the areas while it was happening just for the celebration. Yeah, I would recommend booking your accommodations way in advance for that one because um, that I'm sure everything fills up because it is literally hundreds of thousands of people. Speaking of festivals, Loja just last year had their first annual International Festival of Live Arts in November. It attracted 31,000 people. And it was just, it was music, it was theater, it was like pantomime, puppetry, uh, street art. I mean, just everything. Um, and everybody who was there said it was beautiful, it was amazing, it was incredible. And they're planning on doing that every year. So if you can make it to Loja in November... That's something I definitely want to do next time I go down. I want to go in time to go to that International Festival of Living Arts. And it they attracted artists from around the world, all over the world, and came for that. So, yeah, that's awesome. that's a really cool thing. Lots of stuff to do. And then you said there was – I know that there is a town, Vil, Vilcabamba. Vilcabamba, I, I saw yes. that come up as like – a, a bigger air, a bigger town around Loja, right? Another kind yes. of stopping off point. Of all the places in Loja province, Bucabamba is probably the most famous among tourists and expats. They have a huge expat population there, thousands of people. Um, and so if you go there, that's going to be one of the few places in the area where you're going to hear lots of English being spoken around you. Um, Vilcabamba has, it's beautiful, has a wonderful climate, more wonderful hiking opportunities in the area, um, and great restaurants with food of, you know, if you're tired of Ecuadorian food after a while, go down there and you can get food from any part of the world. Um, they have a good Mexican restaurant called El Colibri. They have this, uh, other restaurant called, um, Murano, which has, you know, food, from all over the place, like Italian, Mediterranean, Greek. I mean, this is like one of those restaurants that does it. One of those that, yeah, and it's really good. So, um, so yeah, that if you want a good place to eat, um, some more more exploring and a little warmer weather than Loja, because Loja can get a little cool sometimes. If you want something a little warmer, head down to Vilcabamba. And and how far is Vilcabamba from Loja? Uh, an hour. Okay, so th that could be a day trip. That's you, you easily just a down. day trip. And I, you know, unless you really fall in love with Vilcabamba, I wouldn't spend the night down there because uh, you can probably do most of what you want to do in a day. Um, it's it's a cute little town if you really like it. You, you know, some people absolutely love it there. It's a very hippie feel. You know, you see a lot of, you know, yogi types and, you know, there's it's very vegan friendly and, you know, that sort of thing. Um and if you're into that type of thing, you will probably really like it there. Um, so it's a, it seems like it would be a little easier of a place to go than Loja if you are an expat, just because you said you mentioned there, there's different types of restaurants. There's also then as well a big expat community. That might be a right. decent 
stepping off point yeah, if you're a little of, nervous about low. Yeah, absolutely. And there's lots of places to stay too. They're going to be a little more expensive. Uh, the, you know, the expat population there drives the prices up, unfortunately. So things, you know, meals and accommodations, they're still cheap by American standards, but they're going to be a little more expensive than they are in Loja. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an easy, easy little place to go to. If, um, if you have no Spanish and you're really, uh, nervous about traveling in an area where you can't communicate, that's a, a really good place to go. Awesome. Is there anything else that we missed either in Loja or... Or Ecuador as a whole. I mean, because obviously we're focusing here on Loja. That's what the, that's what mm-hmm. the book about is about, and everything like that. But if someone was coming to Ecuador, are there places that you would recommend they go to, and or places that you would say, ah, eh, it's not worth your time? <laughs> um, if you like, um, yeah. I mean, just to jump outside of the Loja area for a little bit. I mean, I could go on and on really about. I think I could literally spend years in Loja province. And I just feel like I've barely scratched the surface and there's so much to do there. Uh, But outside of that, yeah, I mean, the whole country is amazing. Like you said, it's a small country. It's like maybe the size of Colorado, but there's so much to do there. Um, The Galapagos Islands, everybody knows about. That is well worth a visit if you can save up for that. Um, Baños, uh, Ecuador is another very popular on a tourist route. Um, and they have a lot of things like, um, adventure things there, like, uh, canyoning and whitewater rafting and, you know, waterfalls and zip lining and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so that's a fun place for the adventurous traveler. Keith and I, as usual, we like to just get out and explore on foot, get into the local neighborhoods and see what we find. And we've, we've had some really neat experiences in Baños off the beaten tourist track, just doing that. Cuenca, if you like, uh, Cuenca is another great destination uh, and a very easy one because of, you know, the expat population there. Very easy one if uh, if you're worried about the language. Um, again, they have a lot of arts activities as well. Um, we went to some um, dance, you know, some uh, like cultural dances and um, music performances and things there. Um, and it's also, they have a... Uh, a place there with ruins that is right in a right in town, and it's it's next to a place called a Banco Central del Ecuador, and so there's a museum, uh, it's Museo del Banco uh, Central del Ecuador. So you go into the museum, and it's a really nicely done museum, very good museum, uh, and then you go out into the yard, and there's these ruins. Um, so that's worth seeing if you're in Cuenca. Um, Cuenca also has a national park nearby, which unfortunately I haven't made to. We were planning to go there while we were in Cuenca and I got sick, so we couldn't make it. But El Cajas National Park, I've heard, is it's high elevation, so it's cooler. You'll want to take your your jacket, but it's uh, really beautiful from everything I've heard. Um, Is there any reason to spend time in Quito or have you spent any time in Quito? I have not really spent a whole lot of time in Quito other than to just get in and out of the country. So I can't comment too much on that. I know there's stuff to do, but I can't really comment from personal experience. All right. So that anything else we've left? I mean, I know there's a lot we've left on the table. Is there anything else you specifically want to highlight? Um, with Loja and or with Ecuador in general, other than the fact that uh, people should probably just make their way there as quick as possible at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to do your 
the uh, can't miss or could yeah skip oh of stuff. course of course if you have that ready to go yeah i mean heather yeah. and i usually do that i didn't i i should have assumed knowing that you that you listen to most of them and help me out with it that you would have <laughs> the can't miss yeah let's go let's go with that the um if someone was coming there what is your can't miss for for Lola? okay so the can't miss is the music find something music and go enjoy the music especially if you are a music lover I, I would add hiking to that. Music and hiking. Those are the things to go do. As far as like something you could skip, I would say, okay, there's a zoo in Loja. Uh, some people recommend it as a place to visit. No, don't go there. Uh, it's it's small. It's, it's not worth going to. Um, All right. So no on the zoo. Yes on the music and the hiking. What about hiking. something that you haven't done like a thing that you haven't done that you've been dying to do okay a couple of things can i cheat and say more than one thing yeah of course <laughs> you know that we don't hold anyone to any rules here on this podcast okay these things are basically time sensitive so that's why i haven't done them yet but i want to go back down at a time where i can make it to the international festival of live arts in november i absolutely want to go see that and then the other thing is, in January, in, in another part of the province of Loja called uh, Sapotillo, they have an annual, like, there's some trees down there that every year, one time a year, for two weeks, and then it's done, the trees flower, and they're beautiful yellow blossoms. And there's just, as far as the eye can see, the whole forest is like these beautiful yellow flowers. And, uh, and then they fall off the tree, and it's gone. And you only get to see it once a year. So, and that happens in January and the time depends on when the rains come. And this time we were there in January, but unfortunately they flowered the last weekend we were there and there was no way that we could make it and then get out of the country to our, you know, make it uh, to our flight in time. So we missed it, but I would like to see that. So that's, uh, those are the two things, the, the Guayacanes and the International Festival of Live Arts. Those are the things I wish I had done. Very cool. It's very similar to um, Hanami in Japan, which is uh, or, or Sakura, which then they do Hanami. Uh, Sakura is the cherry blossoms. And again, it's this whole you've got like a week, maybe two week stretch and, and it kind of works its way up the coast. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, you can follow it. So maybe total it's a month, month and a half in the country. But as the weather changes and you never know where it is and everyone tries to book their tickets there to go to it. But, you know, it's, it's totally dependent on the weather. So you might have to make a few shots at it. All right. So you've got to yeah. go back in November. Yeah. You've got to go back in January. Yeah. You might try to get there for the festival when they bring the Virgin. Uh, so that's... Yeah, man, that's gotta, in August. Oh, yeah. Might as well just get a home down there at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. We're actually seriously thinking about doing that. So that is definitely a possibility. Um, one of the... I have... I forgot to mention there's a group there called Loja Ventura and it's a uh, it's a group it's, it's kind of like a meetup group but a little bit more formal than that and they they organize these activities so for things like the flowering of the Guayacanes and that sort of thing they organize trips uh, to go out and do all kinds of activities throughout the whole region so look up Loja Ventura if you're going to be down there and you like adventurous activities because that's a really fun group full of locals. So you can get to know the locals and you can go out and do these fun activities. I highly recommend them. Awesome. And if people want to know more, I mean, we gave them a lot. Guys, we will 
link everything up in the show notes. We will make sure that Lily gets Tiffany, who does all the show notes for us, all the notes on her own, because I can only <laughs> imagine what it would be like trying to uh, actually look up all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and and we'll put all that in the show notes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. But everything is also – and more, obviously. Everything and more is also in your book, which is live like a, lo- live like a local in Loha. Got to say that yes. slow. Lots of alliteration. Yeah, live like a local <laughs> in Loha, which the – if you're listening to this uh, podcast, version two will have just come out. So how can people find that book? What's the best way for them to find it? Where should they get it to help support you the most? Well, there's going to be two places it's available. The easiest is going to be Amazon. Um, but if it's cool with you, I'll give your um, listeners a little discount. If they want the PDF version, uh, they can go to my website, lillianfouts.com slash epop. And I'll give a discount to your listeners uh, if they want to get the PDF version of the book. Awesome. And so they can get the PDF version for a discount or they can get the... I guess if they get on Amazon, does it come as a Kindle book, correct? Or, yeah, it will yeah. be uh, available in Kindle, and I also plan to put out a print version for this one. The first the first edition was not available in print, but a lot of people have been asking for it, so ask and ye shall receive. There you go. And also, guys, there is also uh, on Lily's website, lilianfouts.com slash Ecuador, there is a ton of information as well. A lot of stuff that we just talked about, but a ton that you've done a lot of blog posts and stuff like that on on Ecuador and Loja in general. So people can check yes. that out as well. Yes. Very, very cool. Now I do want to plug one more thing that you do because you're a writer. So you have to live, live like a local in Loja, uh, <laughs> which uh, is great. But then you also have a book with an easier title for me to say over and over again called seven years running, which I think a lot of people would be interested in, especially um, because it talks about your childhood and growing up in, in, and there's a lot in Mexico. So give us a little bit of a teaser about that. Yes. Uh, Seven Years Running is a book that I wrote. I am currently looking for a publisher. Unlike uh, the other books that I've written and self-published, this one, I think, um, I have a unique past. Uh, I was kidnapped as a, as a child and taken to Mexico and spent five years there, seven years total on the run. I was kidnapped by my mother. Um, and the reason why she kidnapped me and my sister was to protect us from an abusive father who had gotten custody. So the book is all about that, includes my experience of growing up in a Latin American country, Mexico, and, uh, and some of the experiences around that. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be available at some point, but since I don't have a publisher yet, I don't know when that is. And the reason I'm looking for a publisher is because I think could potentially make a good movie. And I think uh, getting a movie deal might be easier if it's picked up by a traditional publisher than if I self-publish. Just a hunch, but I don't know. Yeah. So if anyone out there actually wants to get in touch with Lily, um, and if you know a publisher or you are a publisher or anything like that, and you have any leads, that that would be really, really awesome. You can get a hold of Lily. Why don't you tell everyone as we wrap up the best way to get a hold of you and where to find all your stuff? I know we've talked about it, but we'll give them a nice, easy way to go find you and, and get in contact with you. Yeah, uh, definitely. LilyAnnFouts.com is my website and people can, there's a contact me page in there. I'm also on Facebook at LilyAnnFouts. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't use that much. So forget that. Um, and uh, so yeah, Facebook or my website would probably be the two easiest ways to reach me. 
Awesome. And we will link, again, as we said, everything in the show notes. If you speak Spanish, you're probably like, oh, I don't need show notes. I got this. If you don't speak Spanish so well like myself, you're thinking, yeah, I heard a lot of good information, but I could never replicate that. I have no idea what to put in there except for the – I could look up Loja Brewing co- – like Brewery in Loja. That's the one thing I remember. James W. <laughs> on Airbnb. Uh, Mama Lulu's, right? Lola. Mama Lola's. <laughs> Good restaurant with big pork and uh, and also the brewing company. So awesome stuff. Thank you, Lily. Everything will be in the show notes as well, guys. com slash pods. You can get everything there. Don't forget as well, if you are going to be traveling, if you're traveling Aloha or anywhere, you want a good uh, travel backpack, check out the Tortuga backpacks. You can use EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital. That'll get you 10% off. And if you want to find more about Aloha, don't forget, you can go to lilyannfouts.com slash EPOP. You can get the PDF version of the Live Like Aloha. Live, I still can't do it. I thought I was going to nail that one. <laughs> Live like a local in Loja. Um, Lily, thanks again for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. It's been awesome. Awesome, Trav. Thank you for having me. And if you guys are a part of the EPOP newsletter, uh, you can thank, uh, you can give Lily a little clap now. Uh, she is the one who helps me put together newsletters every single week. So she's behind the scenes there. So you guys have known her without even really knowing her. If you're not a part of the EPOP newsletter and you want to get awesome, uh, travel stories and advice and ever keep um, up to speed with everything that's going on every week at EPOP and around kind of the travel universe, uh, you can text PEANUTS, P-E-A-N-U-T-S, to 33444. That'll get you on the EPOP newsletter right away, right from your phone, so you can do that as well. Thanks, Lily, for coming on. Again, everyone, thank you for tuning in today for the continued support that makes this number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy free travels. I'll show you Paris.